Hello and welcome to series two of my podcast, Innovation, where we get to hear from incredible women in science and technology who are from diverse ranges of backgrounds, experiences, and all walks of life, really. My aim with the conversations that you'll hear on this show is to bring out the humanness of STEM, science, technology, engineering, and maths. I grew up in a very STEMI environment where my dad, who's an engineer, always encouraged me and my two sisters to ask questions and be curious about the world around us. Let's face it, our planet Earth is such a fascinating and incredible place, and I certainly wanted to understand how it all works. As a result, I qualified in fluid dynamics, having done an undergraduate in mechanical engineering, which basically taught me to look at the world in a very logical and rational way. By the end of my studies, I was able to mathematically model how turbulence works and other chaotic things. But looking back, I think I started to believe that most things in life could be explained using mathematical equations. It was only after I graduated from university that life itself taught me that not everything is logical or predictable. Life is actually messy, chaotic, and non-linear. So here on Innovation, I want to hear how other women in STEM deal with that. Because it's not all about IQ. What's really important as well for handling life is EQ, emotional intelligence. So we have a conversation about how they tackle life's trials, tribulations, and also joy and good bits. This week, I talked to Jenna Tawana, an aerospace engineer. I am Jenna Tawana. Um, my background is aerospace engineering and I have a second master's from the International Space University. Um, I was a management consultant at Bain & Company for just under four years and come October I'll be moving to Luxembourg to work for a company called iSpace which is a Japanese startup basically selling lunar, lander and rover capacity. Um, so going back to my space passion and space roots. First of all congratulations on this move to Luxembourg that sounds Thank really exciting how are you feeling about it yeah it's um it's a weird one I'm I'm quite nervous because I've never I think I've spent a couple of days in Luxembourg um rather than an extended period of time um but I don't know I'm so, there's something nomadic in me that I just love moving to new countries there's often been a lot of talk that we spend a lot of money on space research and, and getting to space and all of that and it doesn't yeah. really benefit us here on earth do you yeah. want to give us um, reasons why that is a very wrong statement <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely so you know I, I think and it kind of ties back to what I was thinking saying before that when people think of space a lot of them think of yeah we're going to Jupiter and yeah we're leaving the solar system and actually majority of the space market is not deep space exploration it's telecom so it's your phone it's your ATMs it's your sat nav in your car it's you know your your Fitbit it's, it's all these things um, are satellites and satellites have to be launched on a rocket and and all the engineering that goes behind it so you know more more often than not um, every, nearly everyone will be using satellites or coming into contact with something in space in their day. Why space? I, as long as I can remember honestly just space has always been like my thing or something that I'm interested in I mean when I was younger it was always the first books I was reading when I was in school everyone had to I, th I think there was like a competition or like some sort of assignment where people had to design something new and I remember people around me designed like mobile phones and whatever and I was like I need to design an eco-friendly rocket and everyone looked at me as if I was completely mad like you know had lost it um, but space was just always something that I gravitated towards and then 
I don't, yeah, I don't pardon the pun. <laughs> no gravity in space. <laughs> so um, never, but yeah, it's 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 just something that I've always been really interested in. Uh, I was always good at maths and physics, um, and I think it's one of these really weird ones where it's not just scientific, right? Like space is also in so many religions and civilizations, and you know, it's it's a it's such an all encompassing field. Did you ever want to be an astronaut? I've always been curious about it um but I'm also really pulled to have a family and this is one thing that I think actually everyone doesn't talk about enough in that if you for especially for a woman if you do want to become an astronaut what are the potential trade-offs that you need to think about right so I've always thought about potentially being an astronaut although engineering and like you know get, getting the space industry kind of pushed forward from earth was was always at the forefront um, but even now, I'm just not clear on what that therefore means I can and cannot do and other things that are important to me in my life. I'm 26 years old. Having thought about it for 26 years, I still don't know and that blows my mind. I must say, you know, you don't look like a typical <laughs> uh, aeronautical engineer. Um, and how have you coped with yeah. that? I, I, get, I still get a lot of raised eyebrows when I say I'm coming from an engineering background. Um, and it hasn't, it, to be honest, I think I've noticed it more as I've progressed in my career. I think that touch wood, I had great opportunities growing up, um, very much worked hard at what, what I was passionate about. Um, I was the only girl in my physics class, the only girl in my chemistry class, like one of a handful of girls in my undergrad. Um, but I never really felt, oh my God, I'm the only girl at all. Um, it's more as I've got older, actually, and I've got involved in more working groups and more, you know, things like that. And and then that start to see that people can sometimes treat you differently, feel like they can talk to you a bit differently. And it's it's, it's a bit of a weird one because obviously I'm also um, I, so my background is uh, I'm, my ethnicity is Indian. So I'm like brown, I'm ethnic, um, ethnic woman. You're kind of like. Is it because I'm young? Is it because I'm a woman? Is it because I'm ethnic? Like there are lots of different factors that can contribute to why I might be treated differently to older, you know, an older like white male. Um, so it has it has been a bit weird, if any, like if anything, in the past few years. Um, just because as you rise to positions of co-chairing groups and leading things, a lot of people feel like they can question you about it and you know, if I write a paper, it'll be like, have you read every reference on your paper? And it's like, well, yeah, I have. I wrote the paper. But the fact that they think they can question that um, is, is I just don't really see it in other people. So I think actually when I was at school, I was quite lucky in that I didn't ever feel the pressure of I shouldn't be doing this. I'm the only one. You know, I should maybe explore another field. But as I've got older, it's, it's you kind of have to stand your ground a little bit more and realize that it's a reflection of other people, not not of you. Well, I mean, that's just so wise. How do you You get a lot of ranting and then you get to that point. <laughs> no, but it's, um, yeah, I think you, you it's, it's this constant balance between you kind of, your, your fire kicks in, but then your professionalism kicks in. You find this happy medium ground of, okay, I just need to realise that, you know, I've got to, I've got to keep my boundary and... You know, if other people don't understand that or don't just or want to question you, then you just keep your dignity and let them do them. But you do you and, you know, be good at what you are, be great at what you are. And it'll get you places, no matter where you come from. Where does that resilience come from? Because honestly, at 26, I did not have that kind of attitude. <laughs> and, 
you know, being different and having that kind of imposter syndrome thing going yeah, on, like it, it made me make decisions which took me away from engineering, basically. So where do you find that strength and courage and resilience to keep at it? So I think um, it's a couple of things. So I, I'm, my mum was a refugee to this country. Um, she was born in Uganda, um, but then Idi Amin rose to power, so she had to come here. And my dad, like likewise, he came to this country when he was four or, or four or five, um, after my grandfather fought for the British army, uh, who, who's a volunteer in India. And I think just honestly, hearing their stories of what they've gone through, I'm like, I'm really not <laughs> going through it, to be honest, right? Like, I have to deal with a couple of snarky comments from a couple of people that don't like the fact that I'm co-chair of a group. It is not anything compared to what my 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 grandparents and my ancestors had to go through. So it's just about perspective, I think. Yeah, it, it annoys me at times. I rant, but it's it's just perspective because you know we like you know if if we can talk here and everyone that can see this, they have a certain level of privilege and you know and and fortune that our generations before us, immediate generations before us, just didn't have. Do you know what you've talked about is so fascinating because um, I think often we do carry the weight of generations before and yeah. if the generations before you have really um, overcome a lot of resistance and you know certain challenges um, it does give you that fire to push yeah. through. And, and it's kind of interesting where generationally we are in cycles, you know, because, and we'll definitely come back to the motherhood thing, but um, I think some people, you know, they're like my generation, for example, are still trying to get over the fact that women didn't get educations, you know, yeah. and yeah. were expected to be mothers and not have that education. And so there are like many cycles um, yeah. I mean, there's a cycle that goes on in terms of strength and resilience, um, and it depends where you are on that cycle. And I'm so excited for you because I feel like, you know, your <laughs> generations have passed through a lot and yeah. um, it's kind of lifted you up, which is just so wonderful. Yeah. And you, you, it, you kind of just have to believe that you'll find it, right? Like, I, I even asked people the other day and they were like, oh, your career sounds amazing and everything you plan to do and it's wonderful. So I assume you're not going to have kids. And I was like, well, I plan to. And they were like, but you have to pick one or the other. And I mean, I don't have it all figured out yet. I don't know the answer. I don't know how it's going to work, but I, I have to believe that I can do both, right? Because otherwise you can't, you, you have to try. You have to believe it. Otherwise you won't even get, you won't even start. You won't get and anywhere. that's actually been a real common theme with a lot of the conversations I've had where women are like, yeah, people told me no. And I was like, well, I'm going to try, you know? And it's just yeah. like that sort of like, you know, whereas I think with, um, well, if I'm being really honest, like with me, when I, when I heard someone say no, I'm like, okay, then no, you know? And it's just yeah. kind of, you know, I think it's so important for women to push through the nose and the Absolutely. and the slam doors and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, you're doing it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, and you know, it actually it's it, it really helps speaking to other people um, 
that are also going through certain things, right? So you speak to people, so we're women speaking now, you know, you speak to other people that are uh, ethnic or, you know, of a different of a different background. You speak to people that are of the LGBTQ community. And I was speaking to someone the other day and, and they're transgender and they were kind of like, yeah, we get taught to say no. We kind of got to, we just got to not, not take no for an answer. We've got to, we've been taught not to fight back and you've got to fight back. And so actually, the more you expose yourself to the the other communities of the world, it really does remind you, if nothing else, it is worth just keeping at it. And even if it's not someone in your community that you resonate with or have a safe experience with, these little reminders and these little conversations that, no, keep at it, keep at it. No, I keep at it. No, you keep at it. It, it really helps, right? Um, so I, it, it's just about uh, yeah, uplifting each other, I think, and, and exposing each other and exposing ourselves to these these people that have that fire and making sure we, we all keep it. Right there is one of the most compelling reasons to have a diverse team. Because if yeah. you've got people from all walks of life and you know that variety, then yeah. you actually have less of a choice not to ignore it. You know, you have to yeah. accept people for being different. Whereas if everyone's homogenous and you're there trying to not take no for an answer, it's it's really hard to swim against the tide. Yeah, um, for sure. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm constantly banging the drum about uh, diversity and inclusion within engineering, but having this conversation, I'm like, no, we really, we really do need it. Like, this is the yeah. reason why. There's a, a stereotype that, you know, men will go for job applications, even if they don't have all the qualifications or women write in a certain way and all this kind of thing. And, and I actually think a lot of the time women are told to just be more aggressive in their language or be more like men or apply for that job anyway and it's like well that's not the root of the problem because women or other communities shouldn't actually have to change who they are or what resonates with them we need to change the fact that that's the box they're trying to fit right so it's not a matter of women becoming more aggressive or you know um ethnic people forgetting their mother tongue and 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 only going to, for certain roles or whatever it's it's a matter of how can we actually just adjust the system to include more people rather than getting people to fit in a box that shouldn't exist in the first place. <laughs> right. When you were saying about, it's not just about outcome, but it's about the right thing to do. Um, yeah. I would say that the homogenous groups that have been in engineering have typically focused on the outcome. It's the balance, right? It's just you, if we get taught so much in education about the science of balance and when we're writing an English essay at school, we're talking about balanced arguments and whatever. And everything we get taught seems to roll around balance. And then when it comes to a group or a team, you're kind of like, where, where is the balance? And then it's, it's just a bit of a self-perpetuating cycle, right? You're kind of like, I'm surrounded by people that are just like, I don't see my face in any of these people. Um, and it's, it's just, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a weird feeling. Um, so you're right that, yeah, it's, it's the values that, you know, people traditionally, unfortunately, maybe haven't valued as much. But, you know, if a woman can have a degree in engineering and bring those softer skills, which I'm sure a man can do as well, then what are you, what are you losing? I don't understand. <laughs> I must say your self-acceptance um, and your confidence is really infectious. I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know what it was? Every, every night before I used to go to bed, my mum used to tell me you're going to change the world. Like, I feel like you're, you're, you know, just your career is like bursting into bloom. Um, <laughs> would you, would you do anything differently with the decisions you've made so far? 
to be honest, I think the, the only thing I would do is really stick to my passion a little bit more. So it, it might sound like right now I've very much set up my space career and it's all very, it's very rosy. Um, there were times at university where I was like, oh, I think I'm passionate about space, but everyone around me is so much more passionate about space. So am I really passionate about space? And, you know, there was a lot of, um, you know, there was a lot of like confusion as to and questioning as to whether it, I was actually, you know, as passionate as I thought I was. And and what it took for me to actually realize that was um, I did a few engineering internships and realized that engineering the day to day probably wasn't for me. I wanted to do something a bit more fast paced. Um, so I went down the consulting route because I love the problem solving aspect of, of my degree. Um, and then I, I watched the film The Martian and I had a bit of a, an episode because I was like, oh my God, I have, this, I have this offer from this amazing management consultancy, but then there's The Martian and space. And so I, I went like crying to my supervisor and he was like, okay, Jenna, sit down. And for about four hours, he, thank God, talked to me about what I could do and what my options are. I thought that I was like having an existential crisis actually it was just the fact that I needed to be reminded of what my passion was and stick to it. And, mm. you know, even if I hadn't found exactly what I wanted to do, that was also okay. But when everyone around you knows exactly what they want to do and they have their next job lined up and everything is roses, you, you feel very lost. Um, it's also society because, you know, I've, um, I've done a lot of like U-turns and like zigzags in my career and things yeah. like that. And people go, oh, you know, yeah yeah <laughs> the, the path you know yeah. very unconventional and it's like gosh I see it as actually just clocking up a whole lot of strings to my bow yeah completely completely and it's it really is a, a power if you can switch hats for me the fact that I have an engineering degree and then I was a management consultant and now I'm going into business development and the fact that actually I can switch all these hats on and off has been has been really powerful but you know when you're in any of those environments when you're not the same as everyone else it you do it you do make you do question yourself and it does take a lot for you to be like no I do belong here I mean I remember interviewing for Bain and I was surrounded by all these like Cambridge economics grads and I was just there like oh god I've got a clue <laughs> um and in that point and then you know I, I actually it just dawned on me that I should just be myself and I'm not going to know economics as everyone else does but I do know engineering so if they ask me a problem rather than figuring out the economics framework i'll just draw a block diagram and figure it out but uh, do you know what when when you know that's all that counts yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it, it you it's it's it takes a lot or it's quite hard to know and to have that confidence of i'm just gonna do what i think is right and if that's not then you know that's it you know I, i've done what i can it's quite amazing how we can see that in our good friends you know, like you'll you'll yeah. look at a good friend and you'll be like, you are just so awesome. Like you yeah. just rock it. <laughs> yeah. And um, and then and then we just can't see it in ourselves. But I, I really feel like you've got this just powerful self-awareness. And it's not arrogant, it's like just very solid within yourself, you know. And that's only gonna get more and more, you know, with age and things. So so on that note, like, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given, either from friends or family or professional? I was speaking to someone and they were kind of like, when you assess what the right thing for you to do is, or, you know, when you're judging yourself or when you're 
reflecting on you know decisions that you have to make think about what your advice would be to your best friend or someone that you care about so I have a 14 year old brother who is absolutely the apple of my eye and I whenever I have to make a decision or you know even if it's things like well-being and mental capacity and having to take a step back from things you know I I'm very harsh on myself in that no one will ever expect anything more from myself than I do um and it's it's really hard because I'm very much like I've got to do everything I've got to be everyone I've got to and someone was like you what you would tell Chris your little brother to do is what you should do and so with that I've started being a lot more compassionate towards myself because I'm like if I saw him burning out in a stage where he was you know not in a healthy way or he was you know sad or upset or whatever my instinct to myself would be you just soldier on you should get on with it and you just be the person you are and actually my advice to him would be so different it would be so so different so how do you keep yourself mentally strong and sort of fit I've learned now that keeping myself fit and well and you know mentally healthy is as as hard as I work that as much as I give 100% to what I do when I switch off I need to switch off 100% so I think it, it was very easy for me to you know work 14 hours a day and then while I'm watching tv or when I'm trying to wind down I would also be sending emails and actually for me the line is no when you're working you do that and then when you switch off you fully relax and you chill out and you don't worry about half 50% doing this and 50% doing that and so for me it's and some people can multitask my boyfriend's like that and he can multitask amazingly and be fine with it whereas yeah for, for me it's whatever I do whether that's working or switching off um I just do it to the absolute max and if that means I'm a slob for a little bit then I'm a slob for a little bit <laughs> what kind of hobby uh, do you have yeah so I love um salsa and bachata dancing um so I start at university I I made it a thing that every year I was going to learn something new so in first year I joined like the Japanese society and tried to learn Japanese culture Second year, I took on salsa and I started competing in it. Third year, I moved to France. And fourth year, I took up skydiving. So I actually have a skydiving license, but I don't jump anymore. Why not? Um, I mean, A, the, the weather in England is just so unpredictable. So there were so many times I'd go for the drop zone and like I just couldn't jump. So all weekend, I would just be kind of sat there waiting to jump. Um, and then, it, I don't know, I just kind of, I think... When you're, when you're working towards something, I think for me, it was the working towards the license that kind of kept me going. But the actual thing of skydiving itself, um, it was okay, but I don't think I actually enjoyed it as much as everyone around me enjoyed it. And it was, it was still a bit like a, it became a bit of a bother to me. And again, it's one of those things I kind of felt like I should be doing because I have a license in it. But then being kind to myself, I was like, you don't really enjoy it and you want to dedicate your energy elsewhere, then you should just totally do that and no, not be hard on yourself so I have it in case I want to get back into it but um it, it is it's a fascinating experience though like there's nothing like skydiving so um I'm really really glad I did it um but yeah salsa and Batata is the one that I kept on um very much love like still going to classes I just think it's it's such a good way to let go so what's the most humbling experience you've ever had in your short life I spoke to my my grandfather a lot growing like growing up I was very close to him and he was the so it was a grandfather that um came from Uganda um and speaking to him he was he is he passed away now but he was so um 
he was just so like he spoke 11 languages like fluently he was incredible and yet speaking to him he would just so speak about whatever you wanted to speak about and ask you about your day and you're kind of like oh my god you know so much and you've been through so much and you have so much knowledge and you're asking me about how my day is and what's going on in my life like you know I think having those having those conversations with people that have gone through so much um and yet I'm just happy to have like you know simple simple conversations was one of the big things I think ongoing um was really humbling because you know both all, all my family and grandparents have uh, are just amazing and yet they just so don't speak about it and uh, so that we just cracked on with it and we just crack on with with life and we take it and so for me that that's a very uh, like on, ongoing humbling experience what do you think your best superpower is i think i have a good knack for keeping grounded and kind of keeping that care for people that you know are still are still trying to make it and so you know it's I grew up I was born in Slough raised in Slough um and for a while I was a bit not not I, I was a bit shy about that when you're surrounded by people that are from like really you know wonderful backgrounds and have had all these wonderful opportunities um kind of keeping your roots and being proud of your roots is something that I battled with a little bit uh, when I see kids that are 14 and don't know what to do with their life but when I went to the space industry I'm like oh my God, if my little brother was wanting to enter an industry and he didn't know where to go or who to talk to and his other option was to just kind of not try at school or not know what to do, that would absolutely break my heart. And so, you know, if there are kids out there that I can help and, you know, even if, even if I don't have the experience, put them in touch with someone that can help them and continue to care about people, even if you've kind of gone past that stage, um, I just think that's a great thing we can all do for each other um, and keeping that even as you climb your career and get you know get paid more or travel the world the fact that you can kind of still remember where you came from and the others are still there um, hopefully it's just something that it will help a lot of people one day <laughs> you probably don't realize the amount of people you've helped but your energy just kind of radiates out you can't <laughs> help but not <laughs> uh sort of like enrich people's lives I think with your enthusiasm for life you know, my, uh, my, I uh, when I was in my iSpace interview the, my one of the interviews was like you're very energetic aren't you and I was like oh god <laughs> oh it's so good it's, it's, um well I guess on that note like how important and, and we're kind of talking professionally now like how important have role models and mentors been for you Oh, they've been so important. They've been so important and so valuable. Um, so going from, you know, uh, as I said, when I was at university and crying about not knowing where to go next and having someone to just listen to you and, you know, be completely non-judgmental and not, you know, not even trying to swoop in and save the day and be your hero, but just actually want to help you and listen to what you're going through. Um, oh, it's been so helpful. Finding a mentor and and keeping in touch with that mentor it, it and you know finding a role model working to way, working your way up to you know what wherever you want to be and having that kind of guide has been so helpful I mean when I was at the International Space University um, I spoke to someone in strategy in NASA and I was basically like I want your job how do I get it and that's actually how I kind of crafted my way to going from ISU to going to Bain to coming back after a few years but making sure I stay all of that wasn't, it didn't just happen. It was because someone listened, managed to talk to me about it, 
you know, I, I was inquisitive and curious about it and, and they helped and kind of, you know, gu guided what I should and shouldn't do. And so it's, it's, it's tough because, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying before that, unfortunately, I think the people that potentially lead need the least mentoring have exposure to the most mentoring and the people that need it the most don't get it you said that you're you were good at maths and physics and it's like I can imagine people watching this going oh well that rules me out then because I, I I'm not great at maths and physics like can you yeah. sort of like describe what your engineering degree was like yeah so it was it was so not in front of a blackboard figuring out the theory of relativity it was so not that right like it was way more um actually it, it, like learning to program is like learning another language it's incredible how all these you know you think you're you're, you're doing a very technical degree and all these other things and other elements that actually you, you know are, are, haven't been used in a while or you're not very good at you learn them and, and it, it's really great i mean as part of my engineering degree I learned to program, which I said is like learning another language. I managed to apply my engineering to lots of like biomedical um, dissertations. So I, I didn't know much around um, lung mechanics, but my dissertation was on a network model of the human lung. But I knew about electricity, so I applied that analogy to a, to a lung. Um, and so it was really powerful kind of understanding the overlaps of all these different disciplines within engineering. I think having a STEM degree even if you transition into business afterwards, put you in such good stead because, you know, as, as I said, it's in business or in any other discipline you go into, you'll often be surrounded by people that are from that discipline. Having a STEM background, you can figure it out or you have something that kicks in that is still exceptionally helpful and will get you to a place that maybe others may not have got to because of the way you think. And so just because, you know, you don't, you don't have you don't end up in engineering or you don't end up in in you know maths or, or any other science degree um the fact that you have that foundation a gives you credibility but also gives you a way of thinking that is is so helpful in other disciplines that actually and i'm going to be biased but i think might be hard to get to the other way right like if you don't have a stem degree trying to get into it is tough um whereas the other way around I think is it makes it a little bit easier. Um, so I would 100% advocate everyone to do STEM. You don't have to be a guy, right? No, not at all. Oh my God, no, exactly, exactly. We need we need lots of as much diversity as possible. You know, guys definitely have their place. Women definitely have their place. So why 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 limit it to half? Why why take the population and limit it to half of the potential engineers we can have? It makes no sense. Uh, do you know what you are so badass and <laughs> I just see you sort of ruling the world one day and probably not even <laughs> just the world but like beyond <laughs> and um, it is really fascinating that you're involved in that space governance stuff it's yeah incredible um, and it's just been so inspiring like lapping up your energy like you know it's infectious and um, I wish you all the best with your new job in Luxembourg. Oh, That's going to be amazing. And like, definitely stay in touch. And yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'd love to see what you choose to do next and, you know, what you continue to do. And yeah, I mean, honestly, I haven't met many people um, 
in our field that is kind of that looks like you and has this like real positive energy about you know what's to come in your future and everything and so I just find that so full of hope and so optimistic so thank you for sharing with us yeah no absolutely thank you for having me it's been wonderful to talk about it and you know and to to share and if it if it if it helps someone then I'm I'm happy and I think you know we've we've done what we we can do but you know I just think that everyone ultimately can has has a place in the world and whether you're finding it whether you know it you know it's out there you just gotta you just gotta work at it and you'll, you'll I just believe that anything someone puts their mind to they can they, as, as long as you are dedicating the hard work and you have that ambition um you can get there so I know like that's other circumstances permitting but I'm, I'm a firm, firm firm believer of having the ambition is very much the first step so it's been lovely to be that and it can be the hardest step as well like figuring out what it is you want can be the yeah. biggest obstacle and then from yeah. there it kind of gets easier doesn't it yeah and it, it's just all about reaching out and stepping outside your comfort zone right so you know, as as much as awkward as it is to network, as awkward as it is to join a new organisation, as awkward as it is to move to a new country, um, you you just got to take that leap and and believe in yourself, right? Like, oh, it sounds really cheesy, but you know, if you're moving to a new country, as as I am in October, you kind of got to just believe you're going to learn the language and believe you're going to find an apartment that you like and believe you're going to be accepted by society and so it's it's um it's just doing it believing yourself and just do it you know walking um, what's that can happen for for <laughs> many reasons i totally believe that you will like oh, thank you <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> we'll see we'll see no i'm excited i'm excited for the world i think the world is such an exciting place so um great it's lovely speaking to you thanks for listening this week please do subscribe to this podcast and maybe even rate and review it if you can the more ratings and reviews the more interest from the algorithms which could help increase the reach of this show and you can catch more of this conversation on youtube it's all about self-discovery and self-evolution on innovation so as always be kind and loving to yourselves and i wish you all a great week